another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Who's been loving this series? Refresh. Um, I know I have and the past few weeks have been incredible. Week one we focused on? Purpose. Justin Bieber wrote an album called Purpose, if you missed it. Uh, week two we focused on? Powered. Everyone say Powered which was incredible. And I just loved last week's Word. I loved that it was tangible. Um, I love the reality that we're nothing without the presence of God and that we really need the Holy Spirit. And this week we're talking about planted. And I just love this Word. It's something that's, um, I guess, something that's close to my heart. It's something that uh, I had to journey through. I know Joel was sharing and a couple of the others have grown up in Christian homes. And For some of us who have done that, you know, it hasn't been perfect. If you've been around church for a long time, you may have seen some things. You may have been hurt. You may have uh, walked into environments and seen things that really cause you to want to turn the other way. And I've experienced that. And But the reality that I've come to experience, which is greater than that, is church actually can be a fantastic place. When we come, like as Joel's saying, not to just grab a need or fulfil a need, but to be a need. You know, I love the reality that now I get to be the answer that one day I couldn't see. And it's incredible what God can do. But are you ready for the Word tonight? I'm excited. I'm going to pray and then we'll jump into it. But Father, we just thank You for tonight. I thank You, Lord, that You're moving in this place. I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You're here. I pray that You would speak through me, God, that it wouldn't just be my words but it be Your Word that comes and pierces our hearts tonight, God. And I pray, Lord, there'll be transformation in this place. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Well, turn to your neighbour and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Let's go, it's going to be a good night. But Psalm 92, verse 12, it says this, that the righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted, everyone say planted. In the house, everyone say house. Not planted in the workplace. Not planted in a social club. Not planted at the club on a Friday night. Not planted anywhere else, but planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. I know a lot of us are young. And we do have some people here who are a little bit older in age. But the cool thing is that when you plant yourself in God's house, that all the way through, God's saying that you will be fruitful and flourishing. They will be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in Him. And I just love that. He is my rock. In a world right now where we feel like foundations are bare and minimal, where it's shaking, there's so much uncertainty, we have a rock in our God. And I love that God calls us to bear fruit. God calls us to be strong. He calls us to be planted. And I love the reality of what the guys have shared tonight around being planted. You know, being planted isn't just a good idea. It's not just something that we uh, say to make people come and attend church. Uh, It's actually the reality that if you plant yourself, you're going to flourish in life. If you plant yourself, you're going to get healthy in life. Um, growing up, man, I, grew, I went to church uh, really pretty much every Sunday, dragged by the ear by my dad. Um, but I went because I was ticking a box. But the moment I decided to plant myself, God brought health into my, into my heart and my life. And you know, here at Life, we don't believe that church is just a house, as I said, to attend. But it's something that we can have as a home. It's a family that we walk our journey with in the good times, the bad times, even the ugly times, that we can stay connected. 
um, in that sense. And we're just going to unpack a little bit about what the church is, and then I'm going to jump into a few ways that we can get connect, uh, planted. Sorry. And I love the word for the church in the original Greek. It's called the word ecclesia. Everyone say ecclesia. I don't know if I pronounced that right, Michael. You can tell me later, my Greek friend here tonight. But it means literally the gathering of citizens called from their homes into a public place, into an assembly. And uh, over this last season, it's been quite easy for us to go, you know what, the church, it's, it's cool, um, it's great, but it's kind of optional. You know, I'd, I'd rather stay home, I'd rather hang it in my PJs, especially on a day like today. Um, we can see there's something that we attend when we have the time, but I believe tonight God wants to realign our perspective, that the church is essential, that it's something that we do need. I want to encourage us and build us up in our conviction on God's house. There's five metaphors in the Bible that um, talks about the church. And the first one is it's Christ's bride. And I, I love this because so often we can have our perceptions about the church. But when Jesus looks at the church, He sees His bride. He sees someone that He loves. He sees someone that actually He was willing to die for. Someone that He gave Himself for. Uh, the second thing that it says is that it's Christ's body. The church is Christ's body. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says that we're all a part of the body and we all have a place to play. And I don't know if you've ever felt like, where, where is my spot? Where, is, where, where can I belong? But the good news is that in the church, you can have a place to play and a place to belong. No body part is in, unimportant. Every body part is important to see what God wants to do. Third thing is it's Christ's temple. It's where His presence dwells and where He encounters His people. And I love that reality that when we come to church, it's not just about, again, hearing a good message, but encountering His presence and encountering His Holy Spirit. Fourth thing is it's God's family. And this one I love because we are a family. We're more than, as I said, a social club or a religious, uh, just ticking, religious group just ticking the box, but we're a family. And the reality of the family is that, you, as I said before, you see things that, you know, maybe... Uh, you wouldn't see because of that proximity. You know, the closer you get to each other in family, the more you actually see um, each other's failures sometimes, each other's shortcomings. But the incredible thing that family does is it makes each other better. We get to believe in each other. We get to blow breath into each other. We actually get to make each other better. It's our prerogative as a church to be a family and to believe in one another to champion each other and to reach for the call of God in our lives. And, you know, as I said before, I grew up in church and my experience wasn't perfect. And because of that, at the age of 14, I just decided to throw this thing uh, in the can. I decided that, you know what, I don't want God. I don't want this Jesus thing. Uh, I definitely don't want this church thing. Um, I'm done with it. And I made a decision to go, you know what, I'm going to go do everything that the world's got for me, whatever's on offer. I'm taking it. So when I was offered alcohol, I went for it. When I was offered to get involved in fights, not let people go, hey man, you want to jump into a fight? Like it never happened like that, but you get involved with those crowds. I wasn't like, I'm all in on this. You know, when people started to throw marijuana around, I was like, why not? Let's get high, let's try it. And bit by bit, my life just started to spiral out of control. And it came from a decision when I said, you know what? I'm giving up on this. I'm giving up on being planted. And really, my life just went straight out, 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 the, out the bin, really. 
And the incredible thing is that the moment that I said, Jesus, I need you, and Jesus, I need your church, everything started to change. God took my life that was completely broken. He took my life that was in a mess. He took my life that I couldn't get together myself. And He started to put it all back together, piece by piece. And it's been a journey, but the awesome thing is that with God's family, we can take that journey together. The other incredible thing that the Bible says uh, the church is, is it's Christ's house. It's a place to belong, a place we can call home, a place we can be planted. And you know, the incredible thing is we walk into church, all of us at times, and it's like a new house. And I remember when I first walked into Talia's uh, parents' house, um, Tal's invited me over to watch the Euro World Cup um, soccer. Sorry, the Euro, not the Euro World Cup, is that how you say it? Euro Cup. Anyway, we're there to watch Italy. And it was 4am in the morning, just to be mindful. There's a few, few mates plus Talia's dad, and I remember rocking up. And he's looking at me like, hey man, who are you? I'm like, hey, I'm Danny. And this guy's like, got a skin bald head, tats. Four o'clock in the morning, that's how I met her dad. And uh, half an hour into the soccer going, I fell asleep. This guy's just staring at me. Two years later, he told me, I knew you were not there for anything but my daughter. <laughs> but he let it slide. And then it was probably a couple months later that me and Talia started to date. And I rocked up again for the second time for, for dinner. And it's just awkward. Sitting there, these guys, we're, they're Italian, so they just load the, your plate with food. And I'm like, man, to impress these people, I just got to finish this plate. I finish that plate and they fill another plate. I got to finish that plate and they filled another one. I think I smashed three plates that night, plus her mum's leftovers because she offered it to me and I thought, I got to do it. I gave myself a reputation from that point on that I just had to keep doing that. 20 kilos later, I decided to say no. And I got there, I did say no, and they thought there was, there was a problem with me. But the incredible thing about, <laughs> about going to their house is it was, it was new, it was fresh, but just choosing to continue to go over the awkward moments, over the, awkwards, the moments where I didn't know her dad, like at the start, he really gave me absolutely peanuts, which now I respect. I'm like, I'm gonna do that if I ever have a daughter. <laughs> Playing his game 110%. Um, he made me work for it. But I love it, you can go from new to crew. And God is calling us not to live uh, as if the church is just a hotel, that we just rock up when we feel like it, that we just leave our towels on the floor, um, that we just leave our, our, our bed dirty, that we really don't care, we leave our glasses around. In fact, God's tr calling us to treat it like a home a home where we care about the details, a home where we care about the people who live in it, a home where we um, actually bring something of freshness to it. And that's what God's calling the church to be. But a couple, three, three things I wanna focus tonight on how we can get planted. Number one, to be planted, we need to be in relationship. God is calling us to be in relationship and to do life not at the surface level, but at a level where our roots can touch, where we can go below what actually we see on the facade. And I love what Pastor Paul says about this. If you uh, weren't here this morning, make sure you get, a, um, get onto his message on the podcast. It's incredible. But he says that the depth of your roots determine the quality of your fruit. Let me say that again. The depth of your roots determine the quality of your fruit. And I just love that because we actually all want to have fruit. I remember as a young guy, you look at other people's life and you want to have everything that they have. 
You want to have the relationships they have. You maybe want to have the things that they have. You maybe want to have the peace or the charisma or just the different things that people have. And the reality is we look at fruit and we go, man, I want that. But God's saying to us that we can have that fruit as long as we have deep roots. It's actually not about us trying to attain something on top, but going deeper with other people, going deeper in who we are, maybe dealing with some things that we haven't dealt before. And I'm going to open up um, John 15 verse 1, which is a great uh, scripture that Jesus is teaching and really talks about this reality about being connected and being in relationship. John 15 verse 1, it says this, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes it so that it may become more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. How amazing is that? We're not clean because we try to clean up our own life, but we're clean because of the word that He speaks to us. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. I love that. Again, I'm going to stop there. Just abide in me. He doesn't tell us to go get it all right. As an 18-year-old, he didn't say, Danny, stop partying on the weekends. Danny, control your anger, get rid of it. He said, Danny, just abide in me and I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I skip down to verse 8. Sorry, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How amazing is that? I love what Pastor Craig shared the other week. Are we just followers or are we disciples? And just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you, so abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. And I just love that reality. Jesus isn't trying to say, hey, clean it all up, get your act together, get connected, tick the box, because this is what I want from you. I want some clean cut Christian cookie cutter life. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus is saying, get connected into me. Because when you're connected in relationship with me, I can actually bring health into your life. I can bring flourishment into your life. I can bring healing into your life. It's not about us going to try and get it all together and coming back and saying, Jesus, do I present well enough tonight? Jesus is just saying, just come, present yourself, get connected with me and with people. It's not just face level, but it's below the surface. And most of us come in pretty broken. That's the thing. We come with our stuff and with our baggage. And the biggest, one of the biggest deceptions or lies of the enemy is that you can't bring that stuff to Jesus. It's that if Jesus really saw you for who you are, that He wouldn't accept you. Or if people really saw me for what I was, if people, if, if people really knew what I've done, there's no way they'd accept me. There's no way they'd, they'd hug me in the foyer. There's no way that they'd embrace me or invite me to their connect group. But the opposite is true. The reality is, is that God loves you exactly how you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks by, like. And He's just saying, just connect in. And that's how hard as a church too. Just get connected. Just get open. Just reveal where you're at and God can do something incredible. And that's why groups are so important. Because in groups, 
if we need hope, we can just connect with others who have hope. When we need love, we can connect with others who have love. The same for faith, the same for healing. Whatever we need, we can get it when we're connected to God and others. So are we getting connected? Are we opening up to leaders? Are we opening up to our friends who are, who are actually in a healthy place? Are we getting involved in a group? Come on, let's get connected, hey, as we go forward. Number two, to be planted, we need to produce fruit. John 15 verse 16 says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He may give you. I love that. Jesus is always saying it's for your betterment. It's for you to be able to flourish. You know, the reality of growing in the ability to have fruit that comes out of our lives is the ability to go, you know what, I'm willing to be pruned. And it's something that our generation, I'm gonna speak for my generation, it's hard to grasp because we're part of the generation that does our own things. You know, started from the bottom and now we're here. Everyone know that song? I can't do it justice. I wish I could rap. Trust me, I wish I could rap, but I can't. But the reality is we, we, we're like our own gods. We're our own self-made image. We're like, I'm gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna do something where God's saying, no, no, it's the opposite. The opposite is true, that we actually need to be pruned. So who do we have in our lives that are saying, hey, that needs to change? Who do we have in our lives that we can go, hey, you know what? What do you see in me that I can grow in? Who do we have in our lives that knows where we're really at? You know, even last year in the middle of the pandemic, I remember going through a moment where I just felt stagnant. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I felt like I lost my vision. And I honestly felt emotionally just a little bit, just really, really low. And I remember just getting three friends around me. I called Pastor Craig. I remember calling to my best mate, Az, and another friend, Pete. And I remember just talking to him about where I was at. And they got behind me and they said, Danny, you've got this. Danny, you've got to get back to the basics. Here's some things you need to change, Danny. What are you doing in this area? Okay, clean that up, change that, move forward. And all of a sudden, within two weeks, I was like, you know what, I'm back to myself. And that's the incredible reality of being in relationship. That's the incredible reality of having people in our lives that God can prune us with. Because pruning brings health. It brings fruitfulness, direction, life. It brings growth. It brings the reality of us to be clean. It helps produce holiness in our life. You know, in a generation right now that is making out as if sin is just really normal and it's all a part of our lives and there's no, should be no shame and stigma attached to it and trying to make it out as actually it is holy. Like I've heard people say that. Like the reality is God doesn't think that that stuff's best for our life and He wants to bring a pruning to it. And that stuff actually doesn't bring, I guess, the best for us, you know, in the areas of where we're um, failing in sexual immorality. Like God wants to bring healing there. And I know that for myself firsthand, that God has brought healing into that, that area. Maybe it's addictions. God wants to take the snips off and go, you know what, that addiction, it needs to go. But the reality is the healing that comes from it and the health in our lives is incredible. So let's get open. Let's get honest. Let's get people in our world that can help prune because we're better together. Amen? Third thing, to be planted, we need to build His house. Everyone say, we need to build this house. God's number one kingdom expression here on earth is the church. It's the church. And God is moving through the church. 
God has a plan to touch our city and it's through the church. God has a plan to touch our families. It's through the church. It's not outside of the church. You know, so often we can play for the idea that maybe the church is just an option. It's just like another social activist group or it's just like another form of government, but it's not. The church is different. The church is God's plan for society. And I love in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus is talking to His disciples. He's just come off the back of multiplying the, the bread and the fish and He's fed 5,000 people. And uh, if you don't believe that's possible, just come to Talia's Nonnas on a Sunday afternoon. The Italians actually took that straight out of context and said, you know what, we're going to make this happen. Every time you come for lunch at us, this is what it is. It's a multiplication. We're going to make you heavy. But this is what's happened. Now he's sitting around and he's talking. He's just preached to all the masses and now he's sitting uh, with his disciples and he says to them, who do you say that I am? And I love that. Who do we say that you are? We all have to answer that question. And Simon Peter, he answers, he jumps up. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And I just wanna stop there for a second. It was the reality of the rock the revelation of that truth that Jesus said, you know what, we can build the church. The whole church can be built on this reality that you accepted my truth over what your experience, over what maybe Peter's truth was. Peter could have come in and said, my truth is this. But he said, upon that truth that God has revealed to you, we can build the church. And you know, in, in, a, in, in culture right now, culture is telling us that truth really comes down to our reality and our experience. You know, it comes out of the reality of postmodernism, which teaches us that we all have a truth. But the reality is, is that God wants to realign our lives to say there is one truth and His name is Jesus. I love that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus doesn't say, I am a truth or I am a way or I am a life. Just try me if you like it. We'll get on with it. He goes, I am the only way the only truth and the only life and eternal life can come through Him. Incredible, hey? I love it. And so the question for us is, are we convicted in what God is convicted about? In what God calls truth, are we saying, you know what, that's my foundation? And I just think it's so incredible because we, we can walk into the church believing a whole lot of things, but God invites us to go, you know what, there's a strong foundation here in the church. It's safe. God's truth is safe. When we build our lives upon it, we're like having deep roots, like a tree that has deep roots. When the wind and the waves come, it stands tall. And you know, I love the fact also that when we're planted in God's house, we get planted into, sorry, let me start again. Missing it there. We're called to build this house and we're called to build these people. And church isn't just, I guess, that reality of, Yep, I've completely lost it. Stay with me. Pray for me. Stretch your hands to me. All right, we're jumping over the page. If you don't know this about me, I work in construction day to day. It's my daily ground, my nine to five. And uh, part of being in construction is the fact that we get to build big buildings. We work in structures. We work with precast panels and cranes. It's uh, pretty fun. And like most CPI, there we go. A few of the CPI crew are here tonight. Good to have you here. But um, as classic Italians, we work with concrete 
And what they say about the Italians when they came to Australia is that they came, they saw and they concreted. <laughs> it's true. And that's how we actually took over. But the thing about construction is that it takes a team of people. And something that I love about um, seeing a construction building come together is that you have architects, you have engineers, you have people with the ability of finance, you have labourers, you have people specifically in their trades that get involved and it takes almost an army of people to build a building. It takes a lot of hard work and it isn't always easy, but the end result, it's always worth it. Yeah. You know, playing team sports, it's the same. Every team has a team um, every team that has a team occupies diff- sorry every team that has people in a team has people that op- occupy different positions getting tongue tied here but the reality is like even with soccer the goalkeeper can't just run out and start being the striker the game would absolutely they'd lose the game you know if you're wondering why Essendon lost last night same thing people have no idea what they're doing they go really well and then they get confused guy at the back wants to play at the front and it just goes down the drain. But thank God the Bulldogs are doing fantastic. Go the doggies. Friday night, put Collingwood in the bin where they belong. This is good preaching here. You won't get this in many places. But, but I love that about team sports. It's asking the question of what part do we have to play? You know, God's given us a specific part of the vision to carry. God's given us gifts that He wants to release, that God's given us a, a dream that He wants to move th- through us. You know, when I was 18, I, I had a desire to serve God's house and do something for God, but I thought I'd never, one, be good enough, but two, I didn't know what I could do. But I just continued to show up and thought, if I can encourage one person, if I can tell one person about Jesus throughout the week, if I can even clean the toilets, Whatever I can do to make the vision happy, come on, let's get a, let's get a part of the team and let's build it. That's why I love week in, week out that we encourage people and we stress it and we, and we push it and we're passionate about it, about jumping into next steps. Because it actually is a pathway, it's a doorway to say, you know what, you've got something on your world. We believe in you and we wanna see God do something incredible for us. Is that good tonight? And I, I just think, you know, even from the, from the outset tonight that God wants to do something special in our hearts. You know, for some of us, as I shared, you might go, Danny, I'm, I relate to your story. I've grown up in church and it hasn't all gone well for me. And I'm here, but I'm like that reality of I'm, I'm in my pot, like Pastor Craig shared. And you know, the thing about being in a pot is that it protects you. That's the, the cool thing about it in one sense, but the... The not cool thing about it is that it actually doesn't bring, allow healing to get in. And it keeps you isolated, it keeps you alone and you might be in the middle of a crowd even, but you go, you know what, I'm still carrying hurt and I'm still carrying pain and the experiences of what have been. And I remember for me at 20 years old, I went over to Life Conference in New Zealand and there was a pastor by the name of Steve Kelly, and he preached a message on the church and it was just amazing. And then he had this moment at the end of his message and he had an altar call. He said, if you need to come to the front and just have healing in this area, I'm going to open the altar. And I remember running down to the altar with tears running down my face and God just bringing healing and realignment to my heart. And I just wanted to encourage us tonight and even I'm going to ask every person in this room just to close your eyes and bow your head. But 
I believe God wants to bring healing tonight as well. I'm gonna ask the team to join me and I just wanna pray for any person that says, you know what, Danny, I get it. I've been there. You know, things might not have gone right. You know, I know for me, like it really pushed me to the edge of going, I don't really wanna do this church thing anymore. But the incredible thing is that if we go, you know what, God, here I am tonight. I'm willing to take my roots out of the pot I'm willing to get them planted in the garden. I'm willing to come out of isolation. I'm willing to go, you know what, God, I'm, I'm gonna commit to having those conversations, to talking to people about it. The incredible thing is that God can bring healing to those areas. God can bring healing because it's a heart thing, hey? The reality is sometimes that we carry things in our heart. We carry disappointment. We carry hurt. We carry frustration. And unless we get God, excuse me, to come and touch those areas we're bound and we're locked up on the inside and we will never trust again and we'll stay in that place and the, the thing is is that God's purpose for our lives will stay locked up because we're not allowing God's hand just to come in and bring healing there so tonight if that's you while every eye is closed well just to give everyone a moment of privacy you say Danny I want to be included in that prayer I'd love you to pray for me. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? Incredible, God sees every hand. More than that, He sees your heart. The Holy Spirit is here to bring healing and freedom tonight. Just one moment longer. loves you so much. And he's sorry you had to go through that. Well, Father, I just thank you for every single person that's lifted their hand tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray for healing to come. God, for you to start to untangle. God, that area of the heart, God, I pray, God, that You'd bring the right people around. God, to love, to care, to walk the journey out. Father, I pray that tonight would be pivotal, Lord, in allowing them to walk into this next season of being fruitful, of flourishing. That Holy Spirit, this is a moment right now that Your love and Your grace and Your mercy, God, changes everything. In Jesus' Name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.